You're listening to Time to Talk, the podcast. Well, it's time, many of you are saying, finally, we have arrived on planet Janet. Janet. Planet Jackson, if you're nasty. She's a pop megastar, absolutely one of the biggest. And unlike others, she remains a mystery, an enigma. Too many of these pop stars these days, they're giving us way too much raw reality. I like them a lot better when I didn't know so much about them. Janet is a powerhouse who has generously contributed to the world of pop culture for decades. And I'm cushioned here today by a panel of experts because the truth is my depth of knowledge of Janet is a little limited. I'm a mega Janet fan, but possibly not by the standard of these guys. Welcome, Rocco, Nick, David, Mandonna which is going to be controversial, man, Donna's on the line talking about Janet, should that even be allowed, and Simon. G'day, guys. How are you? Hey. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello. There's a big group of people. I mean, when we mentioned Janet, there was just a flurry of excitement and everyone wanted a piece. Not always in a positive way, David. But we are starting with the album Demeter Joe. Nick, you're brand new. You're like a virgin to this podcast. How are you feeling? (laughs) Yeah, I am. But you're very excited about today, right? Oh, yes, I am. I'm really glad if it comes to Janet giving more attention to her. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You've been listening to the podcast for a while, I understand? Yes, for a year now, I believe. Almost a year. What I love about what you've done, Nick, is you've listened and then you've put up your hand and said, hey, can I be a part of it? So let that be a lesson to everybody listening right now. This is not an elitist club at all. We love anyone who loves pop culture as much as us. Put up your hand, reach out to us, and you too can be doing what Nick's doing, sitting there awkwardly with a group of people he's never met before, ready to talk about something that he's passionate about. Good on you, Nick. We love having you on board. And I also have noted before this that you seem an extremely enthusiastic person. Can you tell us a little bit about who Nick is? Um, Well, I'm still trying to figure him out every day, but um, it's quite ironic since the topic of the album is trying to find yourself, basically. (laughs) Well, that's what we need here. Welcome, Nick. Hey, everybody on the line, say, welcome, Nick. Welcome, 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 Nick. (laughs) <laughs> friendly and man donna you know what i've got to say that um not to make anyone else on the line feel a little bit envious but man donna i do get messages about you from time to time asking where you're at oh i'm sure is he coming back i really do we, we honestly get messages about you because you you are distinctive in many of the podcasts i think how have you been going man donna oh um i've been great thank you tim uh i'm just surprised that people are asking about where I've been and it's because um, I've been taking a little hiatus you know with what with COVID and so forth just doing some personal stuff kind of soul searching kind of a ray of light era but I'm returning back to my erotica phase being a little controversial and I'm ready for the fun. Tell us Nick why have we decided to start with Demeter Joe? why didn't we start with her self-titled album for example why, why are we starting here why is this a good place to start with Janet? This album is really good and like i i wanted i i've noticed a lot of people haven't been talking about it or just any of her albums in general so i guess i wanted to start off with this one in particular because it was blacklisted unfairly by a lot of radio stations and you know all the people in the media don't you love that about pop 
culture, though, that you can enjoy something and love it quite obsessively, then you can leave it sometimes for two, three, four, or even 10 years. And then you can come back and go, oh, I remember why I loved this so much at the time. But David, I'm going to go to you because you are going to be the, the counterbalance here today, as I understand it. What are you making of Demeter Jovi album and Janet in general? I've always loved Janet Jackson, and I'm older, <laughs> so I'm part of the 80s, 90s Janet. So, you know, all the way back to her 1982 debut, um, and then Dream Street, and then obviously Control, Rhythm Nation. I was huge, huge, huge into her. So the thing is, I think by 2004, and I'm not trying to knock this album, I was just a little over Janet, and I wasn't really looking to buy another Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Janet Jackson album. So that's kind of how I felt. You love this album, right, Rocco? Um, <clears throat> I would say that Janet is number one, my most favorite Janet Jackson album. And then The Velvet Rope is a high second. This is definitely an, a very enjoyable album, though. Um, I think it is not a very commercially accessible album. Jimmy Jam did an interview um, I think for the BBC network uh, when they were doing a, like a biography special on Janet. And he said that the first day that they started working on this album, Janet said, you know what, Terry to Terry Lewis, who was there as well. She said, Terry, you can write the lyrics. And Jimmy and Terry were looking at her like, huh? And she said, yeah, you know, Terry, you can write the lyrics. I don't feel like I have anything really to talk about this time. And Jimmy said, well, then we shouldn't be doing an album if you really don't feel that way. And Janet did an interview when she was promoting the album where she said that this album was the longest it took her to make an album. She said it took 18 months. And she said that there was a lot of stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And I think that's part of the reason she brought in new producers this time, people like Dallas Austin and Kanye and Babyface, um, Rock Wilder, who she worked with on All For You as well. Um, I think she was looking for like some new creative inspiration. And um, I think she definitely got on a good groove because I think the end result is quite good. It may not be as good as what she did before, but I think um, it's definitely reflective, a reflection of where she was at that time. It was released in 2004. And as Rocco said, it apparently took 18 months to complete. And that's the longest period Janet has ever spent on an album project, apparently. Hey, Simon, the Super Bowl scandal had happened just prior to this, and you and I are not in the United States. Were you as amused about that scandal as we were here in Australia watching into America to see, like, how on earth is this causing, like, any ripples, yet alone the explosion it caused at the time? I mean, it it just amuses me what they get offended by. But, yeah, I mean, with, with this, the fact that it was – um, disguised as a wardrobe malfunction when it was clearly obvious. Oh, now come on. Don't be controversial. Janet herself said it was a wardrobe malfunction. You're not casting doubt on her good word, are you, Simon? I mean, unless she walks around in, like, nipple tassels all the time. (laughs) Which wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, I mean, yeah, like the conservative nature of Americans in this day and age still amazes me all right we're gonna throw this open was it a wardrobe malfunction was it planned was it deliberate okay i'm gonna say something right now um i think janet was forced to apologize 
Um, and she didn't want to apologize because so what? It's a nipple. Um, we've never seen nipples before in our life. And I feel like our team was doing like a little bit I of think, uh, cover up. No, I, I was just going to say, I think honestly, regardless of whether it was planned or not, because I do remember a photograph that I saw on um, the Internet. It was a close up shot of the piece that Justin tore off. And you can see red lace attached to it, but on the back, it was just black. So it was red lace attached to the costume to make it look like there was a red bra underneath, but it was just part of the costume. And Janet's camp said that what was supposed to happen is the red bra was supposed to be there, but the whole thing came out by accident. But the picture seems to tell a different story. And I'm not trying to say that she did it on purpose or I'm not trying to come to a conclusion one way or the other. But my point is, regardless of whether she meant to show her breast or not, I think it was very overblown. It, it, it's it's a nipple. So what? And you can tell her shock face like through the whole performance. It's like she's like shocked when it happened, when he pulled it off. But at the end of the day, was it actually supposed to show or not like that i'm still questioning and he got a free pass too which is funny yes she being a woman david you know about clothes have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction like this occur in your lifetime yeah but it was done on purpose (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean uh, it was totally planned and I just wish Ms. Ms. Jackson would have got some balls and said, my nipple came out. It had a shield on it. Not a big deal. Get over it. You know, people are getting murdered every day on the streets. It's just a boob. Come on. To play devil's advocate, the Super Bowl is sold as like a family event, right? One, one of those events that the whole family can get together and watch and are encouraged to do so. Brings the country together type of thing. I don't understand why, to be honest, but that's beside the point. Sport and all of that. So if that is true, then you would wonder why they'd plan to do something like this. Not even Madonna did something that would be well, so offensive to that particular audience. I would say that, you know, speaking with the Super Bowl thing, um, the Grammys happened after and madonna was at the red carpet and she spoke with entertainment tonight saying that nipples happen so uh, why is everything making a big deal about it like she was defending janet and um Mm. we can also say the erotica book was on that level but it wasn't like on a national stage it's not like you know uh everyone was at the library here's the here's the erotica book look at my vagina you know what i mean so I see the hypocrisy, but at the very same time, I've never seen Madonna deliberately go targeting like a family audience. Madonna's argument has always been, if you don't like it, don't look at it. You've got choice. But this was interesting because it removed the choice from parents. Whether or not you agree with the parents' view that a child should or should not be looking at a boob, they had no choice in this instance. So if it was planned, I actually think it's pretty disgusting on that level. And you know what? Also, it was a millisecond. It was a millisecond. It wasn't even, it's not like they, they like laid the camera on her for five seconds. It happened so split second. Get over it. 
What did it mean for Demeter Joe? Does anyone know what that incident meant for this album? Yeah, it, it caused MTV to blacklist her completely at that time. And they, at the time, were saying, oh, that's we're not blacklisting her. There's just not enough demand for her new music. They don't. People aren't requesting the video, so we're not playing the video. But that was complete BS. I'm sorry. I don't believe that for a second. I remember the, the last album, All For You, they were heralding her as an MTV icon, giving her an entire big one-hour TV special, honoring her. And then the next album, because of this one incident, they're not playing her at all. Um, for the Discipline album, the blacklist had been lifted, apparently, and she was back on MTV like nothing had even happened. It was pretty funny. They had devoted an entire episode of TRL to her. They mm-hmm. made her their artist of the month when her Discipline album came out. And um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. how it changed at that point or if it was just enough time had passed or what that was about. But for like a... Well, that was Rocco. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. That was, that was all about the fact that she had paid her dues. She actually played the game. She bowed down to them. She apologised. She did her penance, which a lot of other people are on a unapologetic so Roseanne for example she'll never be back Kathy Griffin will never be back because they refused to grovel Janet actually did grovel here so she played the game and she was allowed back in yeah and it definitely affected the way the album performed too you know I mean when people talk about how this album underperformed I don't think it would have been as successful as an album like Velvet Rope or Rhythm Nation but I think it would have done a lot better than what it ended up doing. Um, You know, you have to remember, because of the blacklist, there was an entire segment, an entire demographic that was kind of deprived of even knowing that Janet had an album out. We've given a great background to this album. It came out in, you know, controversial style. There were lots of factors at play. Let's actually talk about the music now, the actual music. As I understand it, there were four singles from this album. Um, none of them performed particularly well by Janet's standards, but I also can't say that they flopped from what I can research at least. Love You For A Little While was single one. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Feel free to tear me down for this, but what an awful, awful song. But that's because, not Janet, any, anything with an electric guitar, bleh, yuck. It just How dare you? I love that song. All right, yeah. tell me I don't about get, Not my favourite. Not my favourite. Oh, not my favourite at all. Uh, I actually prefer the remix version that Just Blaze did, but, um, you know, in my opinion, I would have gone with something else as the first single, but hey, it's what she planned. All Night should have been the first single. Um, yes, and then, yes. And then led up to like just a little, just a little while. The video was released, uh, I believe, in Europe for Love uh, Just a Little While. So I'm not sure yeah. why it wasn't in America because I did love the video from what I saw. And yeah, the video I, is America. The video is good. I'll admit, it's good. It's funny. And if what? she wore the same costume as the Super Bowl, if the incident didn't happen at the Super Bowl. If like the video launched and the single launched and we would see a different story, she would have been blacklisted and that song would have propelled her maybe top 10. I don't see it as like a number one song or maybe like a top five. But um, Yeah, but what happened with the leaks? Like something happened and they had to rush the song out. Like, can you go into that maybe? Like, because you, you, you were there when it happened. Yeah. Um. So I remember downloading the song the day of the 
Super Bowl through some mysterious means, how I was able to get that song. Um, and then assuming she was going to perform it, and she didn't perform it, but noticing she wore the same costume as the video, maybe she did rehearse it at, or didn't. Um, if someone can tell me if she did or not. But imagine if she did launch the single on the Super Bowl with that video, it would have been a top five hit at least, and we wouldn't have seen anything. So, I want you reminded me of Ariana Grande in a, in a way, a bit a bit bland, a little bit like samey. It was R and B. Oh my god! But, uh, a, know, bit but a bit of doo wop, a bit of doo wop in there too. Bit of doo wop, absolutely, but without the Ariana vocals, because frankly, I love Janet, but her vocals are not her strong suit. Uh, she got a very sweet voice, but she she doesn't have fantastic pipes on her. I like this song. This was actually in America. This was treated as like the quote unquote first single because just a little while the video didn't come out in America. I had to deal with very blurry, low quality images on the internet because YouTube didn't exist. And then when she released the From Janet to Demita Joe DVD, she didn't include the just a little while video. She included a live performance from the UK or something. Um, so yeah, I want you to know why that. she did that though. Sorry to drop out. Like why she did that? I don't know. It always annoyed me because, like I said, at that time YouTube didn't exist, so I hadn't even seen the whole thing yet. And I was oh, like, thanks to her, thanks to her, YouTube existed a year later. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, that's true because of the Super Bowl uh, moment. But this was like, I Want You was like the first video that the American audience saw. I remember BET did like a behind the scenes Access Granted um, special about it. And I think it's a good video. I do like the song. It's not a standout as far as among all of Janet's other singles, but I think it is a good song. I particularly like the bridge um, where she's singing, um, you know, have your way with me anytime, anywhere. Her harmonies when she harmonizes with herself like that it always sounds so good and so beautiful uh, yeah this song my favorite part is like uh not to get anyone confused here but i, I love the ending where um she has like that little interlude thing like where she explains how she grew up on music and her she comes from a musical family and you yeah. know well she didn't come entirely from a musical family does she not remember latoya I have to say though, <laughs> that uh, I love wow. when Janet. So shady, when Janet, Tim. <laughs> well, sorry, but let's. Oh yeah, my God. Don't the Aries in him. Right? It's the Aries in him. <laughs> Latoya, my brother is a pedophile, and then five minutes later, no, he's not. I mean, come on, give me a break. She was being abused by her husband at that time. Yeah, That's why she's that was that. that was very oh, sketchy. I don't know what that was all about. Like, Janet was saying one thing, and Latoya was saying another. I don't know what to believe anymore. She was absolutely being coerced by an abusive husband. I agree with that. But the level of detail she went into, unbelievably graphic. So, I mean, you can't make that sort of stuff up. That lady was telling the truth back in the early 90s, guaranteed. But Rocco, I reckon you and I should get into another podcast about that one day because it's a good subject. I've got yeah. to say, Janet Jackson always makes um, an album that is a journey. I love the way she does spoken interludes and musical yes. interludes. And I just I love that about her, her work, and this is no exception. Masturbation yeah. interludes. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is your favourite uh, interlude, guys? Which one? I don't of, have of this a... album or of every album. Oh well, 
uh, generally speaking, this album, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have a favorite off of this album. I think there are different types of interludes on this album. I think she has the poetic interludes. I think the interludes this time are, are much more poetic um, in like looking for love and uh, the one it all comes down to love. I love how it's like a spoken word poem and on the Island section on like the islands and oh um, yes. magic hour. I remember listening to it with somebody when it came out and the person I was listening to it with said, she should do like a relaxation CD or something. Yes, like, ASMR. That's what one of my cousins told me. Like it's like yeah. she was doing an ASMR video, like ah, Anguilla favorite Island. I love it. I love exactly. It. She should be she on a calm the- app. Janet Jackson, calm up. <laughs> yeah. She has the voice for it. For overall interludes, I do like speakerphone from Velvet Rope. That's my personal favorite. Oh, the lesbian one. Yeah. <laughs> David, I've got to ask you a question. Do you mind talking on behalf of all your fellow countrymen? Uh, you mean the Americans? <laughs> Yep, the Americans in inverted commas. Yeah, how come? Like, what is the obsession over there with spelling "night" n i t e instead of the correct way? <laughs> that was that was, I think, derived by Prince. Prince was the first one to start oh, doing yeah. the, you know, I knew the, he was to blame. I knew yeah, it. at least uh, for me, that was the first artist I because you know instead of the word "t o," it'd be the number two. And four, F-O-R would be four. I mean, so I think he's the one that kind of started that. But Well, you know, he was a genius, but very, very mischievous when it came to the English language. All Night was released, spelt incorrectly. This is a good song. It reminds me of If. Does anyone else get that? Yeah, a bit. A bit. Wait, All Night? Yeah. And- oh, yeah. All, yeah. all Night is, is actually – that. Uh... Okay, so um, this was huge in the clubs, huge. Uh, uh, you know, yes. I went to I went to a lot of video bars at that time, and you know that were you know dance clubs that had the big video screens, and this was always a staple. And Janet was in shape; she didn't have her her extra body weight. Uh, she was rocking her body at this time, so she looked amazing. Good video. You know, typical dance jam video, but it was it, this song went to number one on the dance chart. It was her only number one uh, of any kind off to be the Joe. So, but all night's a good jam. It is. Yeah, this is a good song, and there's actually a few different versions of this video too. There was a video that they played on TV. The you know channels that actually would play Janet uh, played a, a more toned down version of the video, but. If you got the DVD, there was um, a bit of like of a, a more different cut of it where they went a bit further with some of the scenes. Yeah, this is the best single, hands down. Great single. I love it. I love the dance. I love the video. Um, I should. I this should have been the first single. I don't. I don't like. I want you. I mean, it's cute, but all night should have been the first single. It's like, oh. listen, let's forget about the incident. Let's dance. Yes, and the B-side. Let's talk about the B-side, guys. Holy crap. That B-side your hands on is amazing. I don't know why it was left off the album. I think I do, but I still don't understand. It's just, oh, so sexy. Why was it left off the album? 
Well, I have a theory that that was because there's another song on the album called Slow Love, which sounds very similar to Put Your Hands On. And I have a feeling that it may have been battling with that song for a place on the album. And in the end, Slow Love probably got it. But I do love Put Your Hands On. Yes, it was a battle it was the Battle of the Pool Sisters because Karen Poole had written, co-written uh, Put Your Hands On and Shelly Poole co-wrote Soul Love. So I can just imagine both of them, like, you know, fighting over which one would get the song on the Janet record. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just want a scrag fight there, Nick. That's not fair. <laughs> Karen and her sister. And it's very interesting to note that uh, for those of you who don't know, Karen Poole is a, is a massive friend and songwriter for Kylie Minogue. Uh, they wrote Wow Together. I can't even tell you. They've, they've written masses together. Interesting, it comes all full circle because Janet loves Kylie. Kylie loves Janet. They've been photographed together oh. quite a few times. They have many, many connections, Kylie and Janet. It's released around this. Yeah, and this was released around the same time as Body Language, don't forget. Sorry, continue. Yes. No, no, that's absolutely true. And and also, now I'm getting making my own theories up, just like you did with the two sisters having a fight over this. But <laughs> my theory is Janet really doesn't like uh, Madonna, and I think that's fairly clear. I think there's evidence of that. Uh, and she sees Kylie as like a classy uh, version of Madonna. What do you reckon, Madonna? Go on, have a go. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> you know, I feel I, that I Madonna. Ma- I feel that Madonna loves Janet. Um, there may have been things said in the past and in interviews through brothers, through sisters, yada yada yada. But Madonna loves Janet. I just feel I love Janet, and you know. Hopefully she listens to this, but I feel that she started it with Madonna, considering um, there was a little interview clip on YouTube where she says that I do dance music, but what they're both dance music. We both do it, but I do it with more class. So excuse me, Janet, you're talking about your vagina and masturbating with your sister-in-law in an interlude, but you do it with more class. Gotcha. Well, Janet has spoken nicely about Madonna in more recent years. I remember when Madonna was going to do the Super Bowl, uh, she was being interviewed by, I think, Extra in America. And at the tail end of the interview, the guy asked, asked her, what do you think about Madonna doing the Super Bowl? And Janet was like, oh, she's cool. I'm sure it'll be great. So, you know, I'm sure she has grown a little bit yeah. since then. And I love, I love Janet and I love Madonna. I mean, listen, Madonna's going to be my girl forever and ever, but <laughs> Janet did start this whole little thing with her, with her brother. May he rest in peace. And That's what I love about you, Albie. You, you always give us the headline. The headline <laughs> is Janet started it. I love it. This is a wonderful headline for us. <laughs> uh, I, we've also got to point out R&B, Junkie. Uh, this is a very funky groove, I've got to say. It, it, and it, for those of you, none of you on the line will know this. Um, not many people will. It's definitely got, uh, I wouldn't call it a sample, but there's this massive similarity to uh, Danny Minogue's song called Success. It goes, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Funk it up. Please note that Tim was having a brain snap and was referring to the track Love and Kisses by Danny Minogue and not Success. Yeah. yeah. I double-checked they didn't both use the same sample and they don't. No. Um, it's not quite the same, know, but it's almost I identical. know what you mean. Yeah. 
Success is probably my favourite Danny Minogue song. So maybe that's why. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I might have to leave soon, but it was really nice talking with all of you. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who's coming to get you, Nick? Hello? I think Nick's been dragged off um, by his mother or something like that. Bye. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. What a nice man. Very. Go on, David. You haven't purged yourself yet. We're, we're right towards the end of the podcast, and you still haven't purged what's truly in this. Uh, no, I'm just laughing because it is true what they say. Canadians are too nice. They're too nice. <laughs> Damn it. Ugh. Anyway. I said you haven't purged your soul about <laughs> Janet. And, like, uh, I feel like she's disappointed you and you're taking well, it personally. Well, I, this is just my own opinion, and you could agree with me or not. But this, okay, I just felt like this was Janet's demise. You know, from this point on, she had uh, a 20-plus year career, um, you know, six, seven hugely successful albums. And from Demeter Joanne, it just it just felt like she kind of lost her step and lost her uh, her mojo a little bit. And I, I just I just sensed it. I love the woman, but even twenty years old and and discipline. I like discipline. It just it just I never got that spark back, and that's kind of where I where I left off with Janet. So this was the beginning of the end for you, pretty much. Yeah, but she had a baby at fifty. I was thrilled for her. So I was just going to say this album was very much her trying to do something different because, you know, she wasn't going to release the album under her own name. Um, it was originally going to be released under the name Demeter Joe, um, just to see if anyone could tell it was her. And she wanted to kind of experiment with different sounds and, you know, with stuff she hadn't done before. And I think that that was, that's why it's different and why it's kind of not really in the same it's, I don't even think it's not that it's in the same league. I think it's just not in the same sphere as a lot of her other work. Simon, if I could uh, interject real quick, I love artists that take risks. And when the, her first, you know, the first single uh, off the off the album, um, just a little while, that I was in Tokyo when that song came out. It was huge in Japan, huge, and I'm like, okay. And it was a different sounding song, but I don't know. It's again, I just felt like. Everything was was subpar. I hate to say that. I love you, Janet. I feel the album was a little bit uh, slow for me. Like uh, there were some earlier interviews when she was recording it. She wanted to make an all dance album. I mean, there's some dance songs on there, but like most of it, it's like a little bit like malaise. Like I feel like I should take it on a island vacation, like island life, like do the whole thing. Um, I do love Velvet Rope. I love All for You, but this one, I it's special. It's a special album, but yeah, um, she did experiment. I suppose what I'm hearing from some people, including David, is that this was a little bit um, blah. And for me, I feel like it was trying to keep up with the style at very much of 2004, even the name of the album. Like, there was, wasn't this around the emancipation of Mimi and then didn't um, Jennifer Lopez also rename it? This whole idea of renaming yourself as a character was the end. This was. Was she following the trend rather than creating the trend? Well, I know that this was before the emancipation of Mimi and this was after J-Lo. To bounce off of what. To bounce off of what David said, I think where he said he felt this was the start of her demise, I do think that there is something to be said for 
how this album initially started, which is, you know, like I said, her saying, you know, I don't really know what what else I have left to talk about. And I think that that was part of it. I think she was losing her inspiration. I think she was getting to a point in her life where she feels like there was nothing really new to say or to write about. And Rocco, I agree a hundred percent with you. Yeah, and and I think that's why for the for the later albums like Discipline and Twenty Yo, she brought in Jermaine Dupree, who is good. You know, she he does some great stuff with Mariah and some other artists. And I think that's what happened. And I think that's a bigger reason why her career never quite got back to where she was prior to the Super Bowl. I think it had more to do with the material that she was putting out rather than the backlash from that instant. Because the public gets over things, you know? And I think she didn't have the material really to deliver. Yeah, and I, I echo all those sentiments. I think she basically lost the ambition. With a lot of these artists that I adore and worship, you can hear the ambition in their work. And for some reason, uh, with some of them, Janet included, the ambition is lost. And so therefore the drive and uh, there's something just a little bit hollow. And it's like they've gone into a pop machine and they've written a whole heap of songs that sound like of the time, which is lovely. And sometimes they land a good one. But the actual ambition is is not so much there. Hey, listen, I'm going to thank you very much, Rocco, David, Mandonna and Simon. Thank you so much. And, of course, Nick, wherever you are. I wonder if he's gone. You know what I'm going to say, David, don't you? Where do you reckon Nick might have gone? Oh, to fix Lily's washing machine. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's where he went. I'm sure that I heard Lily in the background. Did we hear her on the phone? Nick, I need need you. I love you, Tim. (laughs) I think that's probably where Nick is. Nick, can you confirm, please, in the comment section, were you with Lily at the time of recording? Did Lily ring you up deliberately to sabotage this recording to say... I need you. Or he's listening to put your hands on. Maybe he's listening to the Demita Joe album. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Good on you guys. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Everyone.